0: Hello, this is Father Dave Nix at the Padre Peregrino podcast. The title of this video and podcast is History of Hermits. The subtitle of this could probably be something like, Recluse versus Hermit, what is the difference? Some of you may have heard that story. You know, St. Augustine and St. Jerome in the fourth century would write letters back and forth. St. Augustine was a bishop, St. Jerome, who I strangely have the same middle name as, my name name's David Jerome Nix, um, Jerome was a priest and a hermit. He was originally from Croatia, but he lived in um, Bethlehem. And he lived in a cave, but he talked to people. I think this is surprising for some people that have never actually studied the history of hermits, is St. Jerome would talk to people. Sometimes he would even go out of his cave and talk to women. St. Augustine found out about this and wrote him a letter saying, you know, it's not very becoming of you as a priest hermit, to be talking to women outside of your cave. And St. Jerome wrote back and said, Only someone with a history like yours would be suspicious of me talking to women like that. Now, that's a funny story and it's true, uh, but it also shows that men in the past could razz each other as friends. I think a lot of people would hear that story and be like, Oh, that was a bird. They must have really disliked each other. But, you know, as an ex paramedic who spent a lot of time in fire stations, that's just how you uh, show affection guys to guys is kind of razzing each other. So um, that wasn't a break of their friendship. It was actually a building up of their friendship that he could say something like that, or rather they could tease each other uh, back and forth like that. So today is going to be a history of hermits. A little bit of it is going to be a little bit of the apologetic of my life, because if you look online, probably the most common criticism of my life is he's not a real hermit. He talks to people and he travels. So, that's a fair criticism, but let's actually look to see if that gels with Catholic history. Um, So, real quick part of my life, why am I a hermit? Well, under Canon 603, you can be a diocesan hermit. And in all honesty, when I was leaving parish life and wanted to be a monk missionary, the least bad option between my diocese and me was to be a diocesan hermit. So I admit it's a little bit of a stretch, uh, considering I've turned it a little bit into a monk missionary. But two things I want to show in this video, it's not a total farce. One, because I do, even when on the road, try to pray and read several hours a day. And two, we're going to look to see the history of hermits to see that it is not too unusual for us to talk to people. You know, I think because we're in a Catholic, or we're in a, I think because we're in a country that used to have Catholics and Jews making movies, but now it's mostly Protestants, when, when people hear the word hermit, I think they think of someone who just kind of mumbles as they look at their feet. Like you have to be very awkward and strange to be a hermit. Um, I'm sure most of my enemies online would say I'm awkward and strange too. Um, but the, uh, the fact is that we're going to look to see there's a difference between a recluse and a hermit. A recluse is someone who lives alone and never talks to people. A hermit is just someone who lives alone. And I live alone, I think, as you all know. So I'm a hermit. So while I was in one of these travels, I happened to meet a woman outside of a church, kind of like the St. Jerome story here, and she told me she wants to be a female hermitess, or just hermitess, I guess that's a tautology. She wants to be a hermitess, and she has been following me online, and she gave me a book to borrow. Right here, it's called Hermits and Anchorites of England. Hermits and Anchorites of England very interesting book because this is the story of the hermits who lived before the protestant revolt so i'm going to read you a couple quotes these come from like 15th century england so obviously all of england was still um, catholic at this point pre-henry the uh, pre pre-martin luther um, so this is 15th century hermits and uh, this is going to give you a little history of the hermits of the catholic church again we mentioned Jerome, who uh, actually was very big in church reform. So this idea that a hermit can't be involved in church reform, it has no basis in history. Jerome was a real thorn in the side of Rome, actually. (laughs) And uh, I didn't give myself the middle name Jerome. Um, So let me read you a little bit, fast-forwarding from Jerome to about a thousand years later, uh, the 15th century England. This also reflects, this isn't just uh, something that you know narcissistic narcissistically reflects my life we see a lot of traditional latin mass religious groups getting shut down and listen to this actually this is more like 16th century it says they're followed close upon this statute however the suppression of religious houses which resulted in the crippling of communications for many years again we're talking 16th century England and this book Hermits and Anchorites of England by Rotha Mary Clay says after the dissolution Bridge cells disappear like other religious institutions, directly or indirectly associated with the monastic life. Lila notes, At the very end of the Thrapistan Bridge stands ruins of a very late hermitage in principle well I can't read the old school English, well builded, but a late discovered and suppressed. The hermit of Clippenham caused a lingered the hermit of Clippenham Causeway lingered on there until the days of England of Edward VI, when it was recorded and then I can't read that old English. Warefaring men suffered sadly through the suppression of religious houses. So, what we have here is a time when religious homes get shut down, and men who probably would like to live in community, but because superiors are closing it down, have to find an option that may not have been their original vocation. Maybe we could call it a, a compensatory vocation. This happens in church history when Um, Would it be better for someone like me to live in a traditional Latin mass community, a monastery, something like that? Yeah, but first of all, it doesn't gel with my gifts, gifts. and secondly, we all know what's happening in Rome. There's really not a great future for (laughs) traditional Latin mass communities right now. So um, I'm not going to be ashamed of getting creative if other people who were in the unitive stage of prayer in the history of the church, who lived on one piece of bread a day, not me, but people who were very, very close to God, had to find a way to serve God that was a little bit creative. Let me read you another thing from here. Uh, we have um, This is about a hermit named Richard Roll in the fifteenth century. So again, this is before the Protestant revolt in England, and it says In some cases the her <coughs> in some cases the hermit had no land to cultivate. Richard Roll, for example, was homeless. At first he was provided with food and shelter by Sir John and Lady lady de Dalton, but when they died he became a wanderer dependent upon alms. Ill-clad and ill-shot, he suffered severely from exposure. At times he subsisted on moldy bread and had but a scant supply of water. Yet Richard did not refuse proper sustenance when it was provided." Okay, so there you have a situation of a hermit who just life shakes out for him to also be a wanderer. That doesn't mean he's destroyed his original vocation or he's bad at his vocation. Again, he's not a recluse. There's a difference in church history between a hermit and a recluse. So here we have a wandering hermit. This isn't just an apologetic for my life. I just think people need to understand again, a hermit isn't someone who just sits in a cave and stares at their feet. Um, hermits have been involved in church reform, um, teaching, and um, were actually central to certain parts of holding the church up in East and West. That I certainly don't apply to my life. I don't think I'm. I'm holding up the church by any means. I don't mean to imply that has anything to do with me at all, but I just mean that hermits have gotten creative in church history, and like I said, I do try to pray and read several hours a day, even while on the road, so maybe some of those prayers do help the church, I hope. Um, And then this is the last thing I want to read you. This is from De Vita Hermitarum. De Vita Hermitarum. That is an old-school document on the life of hermits, Literally, uh, that's the Latin for on the life of hermits. And this is chapter 11, again, of this book, Hermits and Anchorites of England. And it says, let him never be alone if he can conveniently have with him a companion or servant. Now, isn't that interesting? That is an old-school rule of life. In Latin, de vita eremitarum, de vita eremitarum, old-school rule of life, saying hermit should never be alone. Interesting. It says uh, he should have a companion or a servant with him. Again, this isn't some, uh, like, um, apologetic for my life, because I live alone. I don't have a companion or servant that I live with. I'm just trying to show you uh, that there is some flexibility to the life of hermits within the Catholic Church. Um, Hermits are not recluses. Recluses live alone and don't talk to anybody. Hermits live alone, but very well might be called to talk to people. So, here's the book. Hermits and Anchorites of England by Rotha Mary Clay, if you want to get it. Thanks for listening to the Little History on Padre Peregrino of a touch of the history of the Hermits of the Catholic Church.